Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod, episode 222 for December 26th, 2016. Today's guest is comedian Elliot Glazer, and I am your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. And as such, I have some pretty diverse tastes in things. So on this podcast, you could hear guests ranging from activists to musicians to pastors to authors, whatever else strikes my fancy. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for a little over 11 years. If you'd like to know more about me. Stop by my website at michaelheron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at michaelheron or send an email to mikeypod at gmail.com. What's been going on since the last podcast? I have another cold. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, And here I am recording anyway. Yay! I'm coming to you from Saturday, a couple days before this podcast goes up. Uh, Yeah, so the most exciting thing that's happened is I booked the next uh incarnation of the animal show it's gonna be uh well it's kind of close to one year away it's a little under a year away it's gonna be early november of 2017 i have a lot of plans among them uh traveling to sanctuaries over the summer uh i have uh, i don't want to tell too many of these plans i have because some of them might not happen uh, there's one really big exciting thing i want to do to gather some uh, it's it's an activist type activity, uh, which it, it, those of you who have been listening for a while, you know that the Animal Show is a multimedia show that I just did here in New York City at Dixon Place, and it was the uh, it contained stories and music and uh, spoken word from my uh, year long residency at Tamerlane Farm Animal Sanctuary. And also some stories from my childhood and from uh, activist and animal rescue things I did. It's so hard to explain. It's, I think, uh, maybe a Laurie Anderson type thing with a little bit of sort of stand-up-ish feeling things and maybe some uh, poems. But it's all sort of hodgepodged together. Hodgepodged? That doesn't have a positive sound to it. Uh, so that's happening. Oh, and it's Christmas. Eh. And Hanukkah and all the, the things. I just like to write out the holidays. I'm mentioning it. If, if you're into that sort of thing, happy whatever you celebrate. I'm so tired of it. <laughs> That's a little much. That's really all I got for my updates. I hope you guys had a great year. Oh, I should throw in. Part of what's going to make this thing happen that I want to do, especially over the summer where I'm going to have to take a lot of time off from teaching in order to go to these sanctuaries and volunteer and collect um, uh stories and experiences is that I got to have money. So patreon.com slash Michael Heron, go subscribe. I have a few new uh, patrons and it's pretty exciting when that happens. It's extremely exciting. Uh, I have a vision. I have a dream of being able to create podcasts, videos, music, pieces of theater, and be an activist and show up at protests and do things like go to the, uh, what do they call it when they put the president into office, the inauguration? You know, there's a lot of stuff I want to be, uh, have my time available to do. And if you are excited about me creating these things and doing these things and want to be a part of it, Patreon is the place to do it. You could subscribe for like a dollar a month. You get access to this podcast a few days early most weeks and uh, a lot of other stuff. Discounts from my merch store, all of my music you can download once you become a member. Uh, There's videos. The video of the last incarnation of the animal show in its entirety is within the walls of my Patreon. And I'm making a new thing I'm going to be sending out to all my patrons who subscribe to uh, $5 or more a month. So, oh, I I just kind of said this. This is my blurb. 
If you like this always free podcast or the many other things I create, tell a friend, leave a review, like, subscribe, all of the things, and especially I'd love your support, as I just mentioned, at patreon.com slash michaelherron, where you can get access to all kinds of cool stuff in exchange for as little as a dollar a month. I'd love to connect with you there, and I'd love your help in covering the expenses for this always free podcast and the other content I create everywhere. You know what? Once I hit $500, which could happen pretty soon, I'm getting a new camera to be able to make more solid. I got to get a lot of work done on that stuff. Anyway, enough about me and all that stuff. Today's guest is Elliot Glazer. Elliot is an LA-based writer, performer, who currently serves as the executive story editor on the popular Fox series New Girl, starring Zoe Deschanel. He can also be seen performing live at Haunting Renditions, his bi-coastal monthly night of musical comedy. I originally saw, well, we'll talk about all this in the thing. I originally saw him in a shit New Yorker save video, which went viral, and it was pretty much what started his career. I've been following him ever since, then, and then I discovered this haunting renditions thing he does when he did part of it at my favorite monthly thing here in New York City, Dead Darlings. Yay. Anyway, here's one of his haunting renditions. Uh, see if you can determine, you know, I'm not even going to say the name of this song. Well, I might as well. It's Bugaboo. And if I'm not mistaken, it's... uh. Destiny's Child. Ah, see? Or is it just Beyonce? Anyway, here it is. You make me want to throw my pager out the window Tell MCI to cut the phone calls Break my lease so I can move Cause you're a bugaboo, a bugaboo I want to put your number on the call block Have AOL make my email stop You're a bugaboo, you're bugging once You're bugging who, you're bugging me And don't you see it ain't cool It's not hot that you be calling me Stressing me, paging my beeper You're just nonstop and it's not hot that you be leaving me messages every 10 minutes and then you stop by When I first met you, you were cool But it was game, you had me fooled Cause 20 minutes after I gave you my number You already had my mailbox full So what? You bought a pair of shoes What now? I guess you think I owe you You don't have to call as much as you do I'd give them back to be through with you so what? My mama likes you. What now? I guess you think I will too. Even if the Pope said he likes you too. I don't really care cause you're a bugaboo. And it's not hot that when I'm blocking your phone number you call me over your best friend's house. And it's not hot that I can't even go out with my girlfriends without you tracking me down. You need to chill out with that mess. Cause you can't keep having me stressed Cause every time my phone rings it seems to be you I'm praying it to someone else So what? You bought a pair of shoes What now? I guess you think I owe you You don't have to call as much as you do I'd give them back to be through with you So what? My mama likes you What now? I guess you think I will too Even if the Pope said he likes you too I don't really care cause you're a bugaboo When you call me on the phone you're bugging me When you follow me around you're bugging me Everything you do be bugging me You're bugging me, you're bugging me When you show up at my door you're bugging me 
When you open up your mouth, you're bugging me. Every time I see your face, you're bugging me. You're bugging me. You're bugging me. That was Elliot Glazer with Bugaboo. And joining me right now is Elliot Glazer. Welcome to the podcast, Elliot. Thanks for having me. The first time you came on my radar was with the Shit New Yorker Say video mm-hmm. that went viral. Yeah. Uh, was I was I out of touch? Should I have seen you before that? Or was that like an explosive time in your career? No, that definitely sort of kicked things off for me in a pretty major way. Um, I'd been a stand-up comedian before that. Um, and subsequently, I'd also done... Um, some web series that uh, web series that got some pretty nice acclaim called "It Gets Betterish," um, uh-huh. and, but uh, yeah, but should New Yorkers say really helped sort of kick off a level of professionalism for me that got me uh, yeah really sort of started a nice uh, a nice pattern of uh, success for me that's led me to you know where I am now. Yeah, and and that includes Broad City, New Girl, and a bunch of other stuff. Like I was just looking at your. Uh at your bio and there's stuff that I didn't even realize you were connected with like Billy on the street, which I love and, uh, difficult people. So yeah. that, so I, I super excited about that type of, um, development in someone's career because it was just sure. something you and your sister did Yeah, just because you wanted to make this funny video. Yeah. I mean that, that whole, that was at that moment where like shit girls say went quickly to viral, you know, went viral very quickly. And people were doing um, doing their own versions of it, and I just had this idea that like no one had done anything to sort of um, encapsulate like the geographical version of that video or, or meme, if you want to call it that. And so I quickly put together on a Sunday afternoon a shoot with some friends, and my sister and I were both in it. And um, yeah, it was nuts. It was like overnight, literally overnight, we had like a couple million hits and press and we were getting huh. everywhere we were going in New York. So it was really surreal. Yeah. Um, as, as amazing, you know, like social media and the internet has so many flaws, but yeah. this is the type of thing I just love for artists because we have the opportunity to, you know, do what you did and suddenly, yeah. Oh shit, I'm famous now. That's yeah, awesome. It's, it's really, it's really nuts. And then definitely opened a bunch of doors for me and, sort of helped continue this trajectory for me of, um, you know, creating original digital content, which then led, you know, subsequently to television where I, I act in right now. So it's definitely a, a big part of it that I'm proud of. Yeah. Do you, this is sort of a corny question, but I want to ask it anyway. Like as far as people who are creating work like that is, do you have any advice for these people? You know, like, do you, yeah. do you, do you feel like there was something that, that really worked for you that, you try to replicate or? Well, I mean, it was very, it was very much the center of the zeitgeist. So I think the, the real, honestly, the real big way of, of, of doing it is by just being really timely. And, um, I also think like the metrics of measuring success online, especially in video content have changed so drastically in just the few years between that video and, and now where mm-hmm. I feel I don't really create too much digital content anymore. Um, and so I'm sort of flummoxed by the way that it's moved so far away from what seems like what used to be, I think like scripted humor and, and, and like the narrative web series and has really, really sort of turned, been turned on its head and now is just 
very, you know, continually across all platforms, like slice of life videos or like, I guess I can't really explain what that content is, but it's, it's very much like this sort of candid slice of slice of life, like patterns of material that I'm just like, what? Like it just continues to be the overarching medium, the overarching narrative in what appears to be like successful video content. So for me, at least, I don't know if, I don't know if, if, if the, if my advice still remains the same, my, cause my advice is capture whatever's in the zeitgeist and, and, you know, and make that the focus of your content, make yourself indispensable because of the time for the timestamp that you have. But yeah, I, I, that, that was, that would be my advice, but I'm not sure if anybody should take it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. It seems like these videos that sort of glorify the candid, you know, guy or girl next door nature of a YouTuber that that seems to be the thing that really skyrockets people to fame and success by being relatable and, and almost like a cooler big brother, big sister type. Yeah. So like vlogging and that type of thing, is is that what you're thinking of with yeah. that? Yeah, I think so. But also even the idea, like you see so many videos that are like, this is what it's like for a biracial couple to, you know, this is what life is like for, you know, fill in the blank. And people are like, oh yeah, that's so me. That's so me. That's so me. It feels like that oh, right. is so very much the continuing narrative of these videos now is like this, like, like the video, the video, the portion of the, 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 the narrative of the video being, isn't this familiar? Doesn't this feel familiar to you? And that's what seems to strike a chord with people. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, LA is where you are now. Um, which is interesting after the success of, uh, New Yorkers say, um, what, what made you go to LA at the moment, actually? Oh, of course, because you're doing uh, the thing that's sort of interesting and slightly annoying about this podcast is that you have a show coming up on Thursday, but the podcast right. is coming up after that. So you're in town to do your haunting renditions at uh, Union yeah. Hall on Thursday night. Uh, at the Bell so House. At the, oh, wait, did I? Oh, I said Union Hall. I, I don't know. It's so, okay. uh, yeah, I'm glad you said. So at the, I guess it doesn't matter. Brothers, cause, they're, no, they're, 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 they're siblings. So I'm, and we, we actually started the show at Union Hall in 2014. So. Oh, wait um, a minute. Bell House yeah. is. Okay, I, I I better like make sure I'm going to the right place because I'll I'll be there on Thursday. <laughs> so uh, so right wh- what ma- what made you move to LA? Was it New Girl? Because that seems to be like is that your main gig right now? Yeah, um, but when I moved to LA um, last year, it was for the show Younger that I was writing on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, but also like I was really ready to go. I think. Um, you know, I grew up on Long Island and went to NYU and lived in the city for a really long time, um, you know, relatively speaking. And yeah, I just, I'd started going back and forth to LA because I was working on the show Younger, which we write in Los Angeles and shoot in New York. So it was a, a, most of my year was spent kind of going back and forth. Um, and LA just kept looking more and more appealing. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think it was because I turned 30 and something just, hit where I was like, I just decided I wanted to be, I wanted life to be a little more easy. I wanted, I wanted there to be a little bit more quality of life, which is such a, such an over, you know, overtread and, and over, overstated, uh, you know, sentiment when you hear people talk about LA, New York versus LA, the quality of life. 
but it really is. And, and there's more breathing room and I just, I just really like it. So yeah, I, I sort of packed up my bags and, and went West, but you know, not for long, I'm back and forth so much. And, you know, we do hunting renditions. Now we're trying to do the, do it coastally. So between festivals that I'll do, you know, around the country, we try to do it every three, three or four months in New York seasonally. And we're trying to get it off the ground again in LA to do it pretty, pretty frequently as well. Yeah. So on the subject of haunting renditions, um, the, it, do, do you want to describe what it is that you do? You'll probably sure. be better at it than I will. Yeah. Yeah. We like to say it's, it's bad music made good. So we take songs that are inherently quote unquote bad or just sort of reminiscent of a, of a period of time in your life where you might've known all the words to the song, but just didn't ever actually stop to listen to them. You know, whether or not that song is bad or it's just some sort of like the, your cultural pastiche, it's a song that we take and we try to, we try to really focus on ones that are like, that just escaped your radar. Not, not something that's like, not a song that has so much camp appeal that everybody's singing at a karaoke, but something that just escaped your memory. And uh-huh. so we take those songs and we, um, I work with my friend, Mike Fram, who's a music teacher and turned high school principal, but he was our musical director in our acapella group in college. And he's, he wouldn't say it himself, but I think he's pretty like prodigal when it comes to music. And so we take songs um, of my choosing and we, <laughs> and Mike really takes the reins to reorchestrate them in a, quote unquote, haunting way. And so at the show and, and, on the, and in video and stuff, we do what are called haunting renditions, which are like sweeping orchestral, hyper serious melodramatic versions of songs that really don't deserve that treatment and sort of pepper it with commentary. And, and I sort of, I sort of make some semblance of absurdist, absurdist standup comedy um, live around the songs. And so we like it, we like to make it feel like a sort of MTV unplugged Austin City Limit <laughs> vibe at the show, um, but also sprinkled with stand-up guests, other stand-ups, and other comedians and performers and actors and you know people of note, and uh, yeah, make it sort of a, a, a variety show of that kind. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm sort of happy to hear you say that you uh, intentionally choose songs that just miss people's radar. Cause it makes yeah. me feel a lot cooler. Cause a lot of the songs I'm yeah. like, Oh, I don't know this one. Uh, yeah, but I've like, I'm, there's that sense of like familiarity with it. So I feel a no, little I'm, better about having missed them. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big music fan and have, and I always have thought very thoughtfully about music for better, whether that's a good or a bad thing. Um, and I'm just so interested in, in music and, and like the cultural impact of music. And so I really try to wrap that sentiment up when I satirize the songs and talk about them beforehand. And the songs, yeah, the songs are the ones that I want you to just have forgotten or you haven't thought about in a really long time. But once you figure out what that song is, you know every word, even though you never actually stopped to listen to the words when you were whatever, in school and college. So, yeah, I like it to be the kind of thing, you know, there's so many sort of go-to, I call them like, I call them white people nonsense songs that like white people bring out a karaoke that they think are <laughs> clever, but like they're not, you, you know, it's not like to do like Sir Mix a lot or, um, or I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, you know, just basically when, when white people just 
like pull out a song that they think is really funny for them to sing, but it's like, yeah, we've heard that before, you know? Um, yeah. Or like MC Hammer or something. It's like, okay. But so I like to do songs that sort of fall out of that, 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 that like pastiche and really sort of live just out, just outside of your periphery vision, like a, you know, like a Hootie and the Blowfish song or something by Shaggy or um, Lou Bega, like one hit wonders mixed with like bizarre cultural touchstones that you don't, yeah, like stuff that you're just, that you just barely remember. Yeah, like the, uh, I sitting in on your rehearsal the other night, hearing that Hootie and the Blowfish song, I can't even remember which one it was, but I yeah, only didn't, was- I recognized it as a song that I knew, but I couldn't really place why I knew it. Yeah. So it's, that's it's my, a, that's my- response and, and people will come up to me after the show and my favorite favorite response is when people come up to me and say I was I, I, I was la- like I was really laughing but I think I also cried a little bit and people will say like <laughs> your rendition of Katy Perry's song like made me well up and I'm like yeah that's awesome like that's what I want I want it, I want it to be a flat out confusing show that really <laughs> just weird and and silly and um, and just, just odd, just a little left of center and doesn't feel like what you expect from generic musical comedy, which is, which tends to be like silly songs about, you know, dirty sex acts or something. I want yeah. it to be more, a little bit more, um, a little bit more intellectually challenging. Yeah. Do you find it also as a sort of, um, send up of pop music in general, you know, like a lot of the songs I, you, would have disregarded, but then hearing them presented in this sort of stripped down, sort of, you know, they're string players and, and it's yeah. a nice orchestration. So I'm like, wait a minute, this this is a pretty well-written song. Like, it's nice yeah. to, yeah. Yeah, it's nice to, it's, it's nice. It's also sort of like a, um, a mind game to stop and be like, wow, this Shania Twain song has <laughs> some real, you know, some real theoretical chops to it or something, you know, or, it 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 can be it can be surprising in that way, and I think the fact that we treat the music with like a real sense of reverence, and like the fact that these are real musicians, and I'm a trained singer, you know, that we don't sort of throw out the joke in the first measure because you know what the song is, and now I'm just going to sing it in a silly way. But instead, the fact that we treat the whole song with an earnestness really gives people a reason to come to the show because it's sort of it, it go, you know, I like to think we go beyond just straight up parody into this, into weird waters that will make you think potentially differently about a song that you haven't thought of in years. And, you know, like you just said, it's like, wow, I didn't stop and think that Hootie and the Blowfish song about like <laughs> or something could like have some effect on me. And, and that's like, that's the power of music, I think. And comedy. Yeah. Yeah, and your your singing voice. I saw you do this first at uh, Dead Darlings, like mm. I guess maybe a year ago or so, yeah. and I didn't know you could sing. Uh, so it was yeah, it was really cool to. I, I thought it was going to be just a straight up comedy thing, which it was. But I was just like, oh, he's really singing too. This is it was really a, a pleasant surprise. I just. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, not for any other reason than I just didn't know, not because, yeah. Yeah, people, people, especially in, like, social media, when I post, like, singing stuff, and usually it's, like, you know, in preparation for the show, but I'm I'm pretty sh- pretty shy about social media, so I don't use it in a way that I would feel, that I feel ever really, 
I mean, I feel like I could use it a lot more. Um, and I have followers. It's like, and I should probably engage more with it, but I just get really shy about it. But when I posted, we posted a clip from rehearsal the other day and we did Instagram live and just got like a slew of so many responses and so many comments. And people were like, what, like you sing, you sing. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yes, I do. I do. So it's, it's, I think for me, like the thing that, um, that I want to sort of do better is communicate the fact that this show is you, that, that, that you could, that you, if you don't know what to expect from the show, I'd rather, you know, coming in what you're coming, what you're coming to see. So you're not just, you don't just walk in blind thinking like, what is this? And, and what, what is the, what is the parody? What is the satire here? What, what does it have to do with music? And you just, because once people come, I think they enjoy the experience having walk, walking away from it being like, oh, I, I was at a concert, I guess. Like, I, I think I was at a show, but I might have also been at a, a real concert. And I think it's more enjoyable that way. And so, yeah, I need to find a better way to get the message out there to potential fans that it's like, yeah, we, we really play like a whole set list of songs with a band and it's still funny. But, yeah, you're going to hear music and you're going to hear it arranged in a hopefully, you know, appealing way yeah uh this is my favorite kind of thing i love surprising strange combinations of genres so it's right up my alley reggie watts calls it um he told me once that he calls it he likes the idea of something called disinformation which is which i'm not going to try to explain it's some sort of like french intellectual term that (laughs) he um he likes to work into his comedy and basically the idea is that it's anti-information instead of like giving you information or in, or intelligence or whatever he's sort of challenging you by really messing with the fabric of speech or comedy or music or whatever presentation he's going to be doing on stage he's sort mm-hmm. of challenging you with what the parameters of that are and I've never forgotten that, you know, he's told me that years ago and I'm like, yeah, that's really interesting. And, and, and I, so I try to sort of, I'd really try to sort of, uh, exploit that same element in my show too. And, you know, if I, I like to think of myself in the school of comedians who surprise you with, with how weird their standup is, you know, Kate Berlant, John Early, you know, Casey Jane Ellison, just, just even Tig Notaro, like I think Tig is such a brilliant comedian and really, truly toys with the parameters of like what one should expect from a person performing stand up on stage. And so that all those people and all that work just really inspires me to keep the show weak. Oh, this is great. I'm, I just made myself a note about that disinformation, Reggie Watts. I wonder if I, I'm going to try a Google search, see if I find him Look talking up, about yeah. that. I'm sure you can find it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so when, after this show in uh, New York, will you be doing haunting renditions again? We are doing it January 28th at the Echo in um, L.A. Uh, so people can go follow that. And otherwise, how's, how's the best place, what's the best place to keep up with what you're doing online? Um, you could go to ElliotGlazer.com. You can go to Instagram.com slash ElliotGlazer or um, twitter.com slash Elliot Blazer or huntingorganizations.com. So whole, a whole slew. <laughs> <laughs> so many choices. And, yeah. and if you're listening to this podcast, I'll put links to all of that in the show notes. So uh, if you can't remember all that, you can just go to mikeypod.com 
and um, click on all of the things and follow all the places. Uh, Elliot, oh, thanks so much for doing the podcast. We're gonna we're gonna close with um, California Girls. Uh, you want any anything you want to throw out about this before we go away? Well, this is one of our original hunting renditions that we did a few years ago in a video style. In a, in a video, we started as a web series um, and then turned it into a live show subsequently. And California Girls has sort of been our big signature piece. You know, it's it's a modern song by Katy Perry, but it's ridiculous. Um, it's a ridiculous song, and I think she knows it. Which <laughs> I, I like her a lot, and so we we turned it into a sort of um, uh, sweeping ballad, and um, I think. People will and I hope people will enjoy it. They they seem to enjoy it at the shows, so hopefully your fans will too. Yeah, excellent. Okay, well, thanks again for being on the show. Sure. And uh, here's California Girls. I know a place where the grass is really greener. Warm, wet and wild There must be something in the water Sippy gin and juice Laying underneath the palm trees The boys break their necks Trying to creep a little sneak peek at us You could travel the world But nothing comes close to the golden coast Once you party with us You'll be falling in love California girls were unforgettable Daisy dudes Bikinis on top Sun-kissed skin so hot Will melt your popsicle Oh, 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 oh California girls Were undeniable Fine, fresh, fierce They got it on lock West Coast represent Now put your hands up Oh, 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 oh Sex on the beach We've got white sand in our stilettos We're freaking magic Snoop Doggy Dog on the stereo Dropping it like it's hot You could travel the world But nothing comes close to the golden coast Once you party with us, you'll be falling in love. California girls, unforgettable daisy dudes. Bikinis on top, sun-kissed skin so hot will melt your popsicle. Oh, California. California girls were undeniable, fine, fresh, fierce. Got it on lock. West Coast represent. Now put your hands up. Oh, 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 oh. California.
California, California, here we come. That was California Girls from Elliot Glazer's Haunting Renditions. I got to see this show at uh, uh, the Bell House last, well, last week now when you're listening to this. It was great. And this performance, the performance of California Girls was spectacular. Spectacular! Uh, there are strings. The whole the whole ensemble was there. It's really fantastic. You know, I feel a little um, not, uh, uh, grouchy about how I referred to the holiday season earlier in the podcast. It's fine. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be any better. I wanted to say something positive. <laughs> it's just you know you get to an age, and uh, you're not. Uh, I don't think I can talk about it without being like completely sad sack about it, but it's, it's Christmas. It's for couples and children. I'm a single little Mary in Brooklyn. (laughs) So, you know, I do love winter and, and I can get back to my enjoyment of winter in maybe a week or so. I do have some great Christmas traditions that I do. Uh, I saw, Oh, okay. So here's some good stuff. I saw a Times Square angel. Uh, Oh my God. Why can't I think of the guy's name who wrote it? Charles Bush. I've been going to that uh, with my friend Ken every year for five years now. And, uh, and I saw uh, Isaac Oliver. He did a Christmas show, and it was just beautiful. And uh, I'm going to make that a tradition, too. I'm going to go out to Tamerlane Farm right after Christmas. Uh, I'm going to see Sandra Bernhardt at Joe's Pub with my friend Trana Wintour uh, right before New Year's. And I'm going to be working on my little cool gift that I'm sending out to my patrons on Patreon. Uh, so, okay. I'm making my own stuff. It's nice. You can create your own version of the holiday season and enjoy it the way you want to. Uh, my friend Ben, also known as Honey LeBronx, is coming over today for uh, a little Christmas Eve dinner. And uh, I think we're going to record an episode of Big Fat Vegan Radio. So if you're not already subscribed to that, you should go to BigFatVeganRadio.com. I think that's what it is. Yeah. And they're on Twitter at BigFatVegans, I think. That's why I'm thinking big fat vegans. Anyway, enjoy your holidays or don't. Um, enjoy in the, the moment as it is. That is what is important, right? That's why I get so irritated about Christmas because my uh, it, it's a season where not, there's a lot of people telling you how you're supposed to be enjoying yourself right now. Uh, my life isn't set up to enjoy it in the way that I'm told to on TV and movies about what Christmas is supposed to be like. Uh, and then there are people who don't even celebrate Christmas. So anyway, it's a great holiday time. I'm thinking of what to give and what to receive and, and what's coming up for the new year. The world may well implode or explode in 2017. But that does not feel like a really far stretch, and that's fine too. So enjoy it while it's here, bastards. Anyway, have a great holiday. Uh, I'll see you, yeah, I'll see you next week. Oh my God, today marks uh, two months of continued weekly podcasts. I've got a guest every week, and I have to admit, it's been a really great run, and it's going to keep being a great run. I'm super excited about our guests. Uh, Thanks for uh, being on the show today, Elliot Glazer, all my fantastic guests. If you would like to support my work, if you enjoy this podcast, do go to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Heron or leave a review on iTunes, or send me an email, let me know you're listening. I'd really love to hear from you. And uh, happy holidays.